This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, July 28th, wherever and however you're connected, Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who always wears his bike helmet, Jerem Jordan. Probably need to buy one. Uh, Preston Hadley yesterday, we played uh, a video of Preston and Gennaro Guilford biking to work. Well, they're back for episode two, a segment we like to call Coaches on a Bike. Cougar Nation, what's good? Back at it, baby. It's your boys. Day two. Coach Day G. Day two, baby. What's up? Hey, it's day two. You know, we're still on this routine. Uh, I received a lot of critical feedback yesterday to get a helmet. And so I figure <laughs> we expect all the boys to be coachable. We better live what we preach. Got to live what we preach. I mean, uh, assessment of day one, you can tell a lot of boys been working hard, changed their bodies in the weight room, developed their mind. Hey, Coach G, oh, what, uh, what's your, what's your assessment of day one? Hey, guys came in ready. Guys came in ready to go ahead of schedule. We're gonna see what to do today. Let's go, Cougars, baby. Hey, we want all the smoke. The over-under is four and a half days <laughs> at this last. And that was Coaches on a Bike. Yeah. We're going to work on the uh, music. We're trying to get the budget for that. Is Preston but... wearing a gyro? Is that a, is that a Bond Traeger helmet? Is that a specialized I have, helmet? I have no clue what <laughs> anything that the bike is that's not Schwinn. I have no Or Huffy. Clue. Huffy. That's right. <laughs> Jerem's still got his bright orange Huffy. I, I think we have a bike. That's flat tires. I don't ride. You don't a, know. Like, I have an electric scooter, bro. I roll around on that baby. Yeah. Why get exercise when you could not get exercise? That's what I've always said. It's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question as we sit here. Why improve my life about when I could just be the same? <laughs> when I'm watching that, I just have Bicycle Race by Queen playing on repeat in my mind. Is it called Bicycle Race? Bicycle. I, I yeah. just thought it was called Bicycle. I don't. Is I, it called, I thought it was called bicycle race. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just about a race. I thought it was about the bike. Well, hopefully today's show will help push that song out of my mind. Uh, because it, it back in, in though. It includes how would BYU football benefit the most if huge if they face Alabama to open the 2020 college football season? It's ESPN, bicycle race. Yeah. College football insider and analyst Trevor Maddich will answer that very question when he joins us. Plus. Did Super Bowl champion Andy Reid not make our best-to-wear-it list? Hmm. And Top 5 Tuesday presents the Top 5 BYU football season openers. Here are your Tuesday BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football, day one of practice, albeit not fall camp, in the books yesterday. Among the practice criteria, by the way, meetings, walkthroughs, conditioning, lifting for 20 hours a week total. The Cougars can then transition into a fall camp-like situation it would appear next week, about Tuesday. Cougars were granted a waiver by the NCAA to hold workouts and meetings in spite of no officially announced week one game around September 5th, although Alabama is rumored to be that team. 
You wonder if BYU has that game lined up, and they told the NCAA we would like to prepare for a potential game, and maybe it's this game we're just finalizing it, and hey, we need the waiver. So things are looking good for BYU to play a week one game based on the waiver. Correct me if I'm wrong, but BYU had a prominent football memory or happening on September 5th. That was BYU at Nebraska, right? September I think so. 5th. I'm sure they've had a lot of September. Give it up for Federico of the 49ers, former BYU linebacker and now San Francisco star Fred Warner lands at number 70 in the NFL's top 100 players of 2020. The top 100 is not just any list. It's compiled and voted on by NFL players themselves. So this is a legit tip of the cap to Fred. Warner is the only 49ers player revealed to date, but he won't be the last. BYU has other notable September 5th uh, games. So Nebraska, Oklahoma 09, at Alabama 98. How about that? How about that? The NCAA grants waivers to not, they're just handing out waivers everywhere, to non-football sports to reduce the amount of fall games required to participate in NCAA championships by half. That depends by sport, right? So volleyball, they said, hey, you need to play 22 or whatever. I don't know what the number is. You get a waiver, and you get a waiver, and you get a waiver. Yeah, they gave Alex Marcello one last year. That was great. For BYU, this affects men and women's cross country, women's soccer, and women's volleyball. So the anticipation of fewer games, obviously, happening now, officially sanctioned to participate in championships. Just give us something. And we're waiting for, uh, what, another almost two weeks to hear from the NCAA whether they will hold the fall championships at all, a.k.a. the seasons. So I was hanging out at a barbecue last night with our buddy Dan Nielsen. When you started with bar, I was very excited. Hanging out at a barbecue with our buddy Dan Nielsen, who's now the head uh, oh, basketball hey coach at Utah Valley University. Oh, fraternizing the with the enemy. Nice. Yes, yes. Um, and sure enough, the question came up, what are you talking about, man? What, 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 what are you talking about these days on BYU Sports Nation? Oh, everyone. Hey, what are you doing? What, what are you, that's the like, question of questions, one, right? you're not watching. Why are you watching Otherwise the show, you know. Dan? Why aren't Dan. you watching it, man? Dan? <laughs> the Maytag man? All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I'll tell you what we're talking about, Dan. We're talking about the possibility of BYU and Alabama to open the 2020 college football season. This idea has gained some real traction. Is it reality? Who knows? Maybe we'll know something by the end of the week. When Power Five conferences will reportedly determine what some actual plans are? I don't know. There are all these ideas out there floating around. It's all fluid. It's all hypothetical. But if, Jerem, it happens, what does BYU gain if they face Alabama in a possible week one game? feels probable. There was a report. It's not a rumor. It's a report from AL.com. That's a legit source. That's not uh, the homies at Cougar Board throwing it out there. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a headlining opponent. It's the most dominant program in college football the last, what, decade, 12 or so years. They have five titles since 09. Five! That's incredible. And here, here's, the, here's the point of all this, by the way. So typically, I'm invested in BYU trying to win 10 games in a season and do something that matters. A season that matters, not games. BYU's had wins that mattered, absolutely. They've also had losses that were painful. Yeah. But I want a season that matters. This season's not going to matter. This season is just about playing games, some games. I, I'm thinking BYU's going to play four to six based on, oh, too many COVID cases, positive tests. We can't play for the opponent or BYU. 
This season has the biggest asterisk on it ever. It's just, we just want to see some games. No one's going to play 12 games. Are we even going to have bowl games? How's that going to work with criteria? There's so many questions. So why not play Alabama? Why not have the best team in college football? Uh, You could argue, program, I would argue for sure right now, based on championships, draft picks, and more conference championships, national and whatever. This is, this is awesome. It's a crazy test to see what BYU could do. Hey, BYU's won this game before. No, they've not. Uh, BYU's not going to be a 10-plus win type team, and Alabama's not going to be an 8-win team this year. That's the criteria for what BYU's done when they've beaten a team like hey, this. Hey, Alabama might go 8-1 this season, Jerem, so they might be an 8-win team. Relatively speaking, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't see how BYU would likely win the game, but go play it, compete, see if you can't be in it late, have a chance, right? I, I'm excited about the potential of this matchup because why not? That's my whole mindset with this season. Why not? It's so different. You're not, probably not going to play 12. Why not play Alabama? I think it's awesome. I love watching highlights of Kevin Federick running into the end zone at Bryant-Denny Stadium and Will Snowden catching passes out of the backfield. This would be a fun matchup. It's just yeah. cool to see BYU on the same field with that iconic program and those colors. It would be an immediate upgrade to the schedule, an immediate need for a meaningful game after BYU lost five Power 5 games in less than a 48-hour period, and you're doing it in an opening week. Top five game for college football viewers if and when an opening weekend happens. So more eyeballs to watch the product, an opportunity to make a good impression or a bad one. Right. That's the nature of exposure. You could get exposed. Risk-reward, but an impression nonetheless that a lot of people will see. It furthers already good relations with the SEC. A second SEC opponent in the same season for just the second time ever for BYU. Worked out really well the last time. And just maybe, (laughs) Jerem, just maybe a financially beneficial move. Could this be a, a benefit to BYU? Would they get a stipend to come to Tuscaloosa if the game happens there? And you would think it's going to happen at a home site. Alabama gives BYU per diem. They're like, thank you for coming. Uh, here's a few bucks. You can get your filet of fish. Well, Alabama's going to save a bunch of money by not playing <laughs> USC at a neutral site. So They would have made a lot of money, though, playing that Truth, game. truth. But I, I don't know. Is there is there a stipend for BYU? Even, I don't if, think even if there's not, like... It's just a great opportunity. Here's my sense from Tom in our conversations with him on the show and otherwise is that the money's not the main motive for BYU. It's just not. Even though you would think that BYU is desperately trying to just gather and keep all the money it can and or earn it, right? I think, I think Tom likes a challenge. In fact, that's what I've questioned with the schedule is I think you like a challenge too much. Uh, but again, in this season, what, what's there to gain for this? To have a great matchup. This season has, is going to heck. Like, it, it is. It's just unraveling as we speak. So why not line up the best team and program in the game and go down to Tuscaloosa? I'm assuming it's going to be in Tuscaloosa, by the way. There's, it, I assume that BYU is not filling USC's spot in the game it in Dallas. It doesn't feel like a neutral site game is realistic at all at this yeah, point. Yeah, it feels weird, right? You're just home stadiums, limited. By the way... Can we talk about this for a sec? Do we really believe any fans are going to be in the stands for any games? Like any. There's no f- there are no fans in any stands for any sport right now in the US and even England for soccer where they have it way more under control than the United States. Why do we think in like 5 weeks we're going to have fans in the stands? Well, it depends on the state and the county within the state for that matter. But I think I think it's uh a little well, 
they could Major League Baseball could have chosen. Why is MLB so different from college football in that regard? Because MLB is not like state to state. Yeah, we're going to have fans for the Mariners game, but not for the Astros game. Does that make sense? What? Why would does college football feel like the states have ownership over those teams more than a major league baseball team? It's the wild, wild west. There's no like strict governing body handling all of these testing protocols. Like it's the professional leagues are very different than the college football sphere. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. I figured out why we're talking. That MLB has what's called a commissioner. College football has no such commission. No, there's no governing there, central figure. Which is kind of unbelievable. Co- the NCAA doesn't run the championships for college football. The college football playoff does, but the NCAA does run the sport. They dictate rules. They maintain records and so on and so forth. They uh, declare eligibility, right, or not. It doesn't they feel like the NCAA is going to be the organization to make the decision on whether or not college football happens, though. Well, they're not going to say it's not. The moneymakers, the college football playoff, the CFP are the ones driving this conversation. Well, not necessarily. They only drive the playoff. The the conference commissioners are the ones who drive this conversation. And the money. So the SEC and ACC, I believe, is meeting today. The SEC is meeting, what, Friday? The ACC and the – tomorrow. The SEC and the ACC, to me, will dictate what we do here. Now, it used to not be the ACC as much, but Clemson has a strong voice in this conversation. It's really the SEC. So here BYU is trying to line up a game with the best team in college football, which is sort of indicative of BYU's mindset and attitude and independence, which is let's do things that we couldn't do before. When BYU played Miami in 1990, that wasn't a one-off. That was a return game from a game BYU had played, what, the year before or two years before? And BYU had been smashed by the Hurricanes. In that situation. And I can't even remember. Miami was independent for a long time. So was Penn State, Florida State, and so on. It was a little different. This, this could be, this could be uh, well, this is what we do. This is what we do with BYU football. Let's assess this as well. We celebrate matchups more than actual results. There's not a better oh! matchup than Alabama. BYU-Alabama! Wait. Takes away the sting of not playing Utah. Should, well, it might add some sting. I don't know. The, hopefully BYU goes and competes well and we go, hey, BYU looked pretty good. That was great. Worth it. Yeah, I, ha- I see no reason not to do this. I-, I-, I think it's a great opportunity because this season is so just messed up. Why not just go play that game? Well, let's not act like Alabama doesn't gain anything out of this either. They have an immediate need for a week one opponent. BYU is available. A home game instead of a neutral site game, we think. So They're- Alabama's like, hey, you're going to come to Tuscaloosa and play us and you're available right now and it can fill the need that USC left us vacant with? Okay, yeah, let's do this. I would think BYU's not unique in that regard. Who knows? I think who, maybe BYU's who knows? one that well, they B- are intrigued by. BYU's probably more of a guarantee than the other teams from other Power 5 conferences because those conferences haven't decided what they're doing, if they're going conference only or plus one. Right. Like BYU is just, we need games. They don't want to host a Power 5 in week one, though. That's typically not what they do. No, they play cupcakes. They line it up. They play one meaningful non-conference game. USC. Like USC. But I mean in Tuscaloosa. USC didn't say, we're going to Tuscaloosa. It's a formidable challenge. BYU obviously isn't the prestige and name brand of USC. But when it comes to actual football capability in 2020, I think the challenge and physicality are similar to what USC would present to Alabama. Like, I don't think. That's a very BYU take. I, I'm, I, th- I think nationally. I stand by it. No like, one, 
Well, like, yeah, BYU, we BYU. BYU beat USC last year. Yeah. So why wouldn't I stand by that? Yeah. They beat them head-to-head. I know. We both work for BYU. That makes sense. Nationally, you're not going to put those two in the same category. No, I just said it's not the same prestige and name brand, but actual football capability, like yeah. on-the-field product. BYU beat USC head-to-head last year. So why would it be so different in 2020 in terms of are they a decent football team? Yeah, BYU is completely decent. Seven and six the last two years. Yeah, that's completely and decent. Good Ab- enough to beat the Trojans head to head. Absolutely. Yeah. No, USC is always a team that's going to have more intrigue and perceived uh, skill than BYU. Speed, especially. Not right? an argument. Yeah. Not an argument. But yeah. just, I, I feel like it's a, it's a similar challenge level for Alabama. Alabama is that much better than everybody else. Yeah, no, they're legit. They're only not better than, say, Clemson and Ohio State. That's kind of it. Those are the big three. The Cougars might be a filet of fish compared to the homestyle chicken sandwich of USC when it comes to one Alabama radio personality's take. But guess what? There are a lot of people that like the filet of fish or McDonald's wouldn't keep bringing it back. There are. Our question of the day. What is your fast food equivalent for BYU football? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Milton underscore rat, BYU equals the Whopper. Tastes good, but used to be a bigger bang for your buck. I get that one. Like, BYU used to be better than they are now. Yeah. Doesn't have as much uh, cachet now. Yeah. I'm going with the – and I still think BYU has cachet. I just think they need to be a little bit better on the field, right? Um I, I'm going my, – my uh, analogy is uh, roast beef sandwich. It's kind of different. It's not a hamburger, right? BYU is unique in kind of its, the way it does things, independent approach, the church tie and everything. But sometimes that hits the spot, and it's awesome. But a lot of times uh, it, it isn't necessarily. So hopefully BYU can migrate more to the, to the Whopper range because the Whopper to me is still good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll give you my comparable uh, coming up later in the show. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, why Andy Reid isn't the best to wear a number 64 despite a Super Bowl ring. Plus, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what exactly BYU would gain if they do get their shot at Alabama in 2020. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. For on-demand Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. We prefer to do things live in Studio B. Thus, we are live in Studio B, and this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom is ESPN College Football Analyst, one of the best to ever wear number 50 at BYU, and an analyst for the Washington football team, Trevor Maddich. Trevor, welcome. The Washington football team. Um, Are you going to get used to saying that? Well, as soon as they start playing better football, I'll (laughs) be used to saying that. Although they were three and 13 last year. I think they'll be a lot better this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's big changes. And I think guys that it was the right thing to do, but it still uh, is kind of sad in a lot of ways because most fans and, and really the players that played there, most of them, myself included, have always associated their former name, the Washington Redskins, with greatness. That was the only emotional association that we had with that word. And 
they were some of my heroes. I mean, even as a young man playing football, I would watch Monday Night Football and see Art Monk score a touchdown. And I would see Charles Mann take down the quarterback and Joe Theismann throw a terrific pass. I, I would see these things and think these are the guys that I want to model my career after. And the first time I ever played at Washington as a player was as a member of the Indianapolis Colts. And I went out early for a pregame warm-up. I stood in the end zone where I saw that, that name Redskins in that amazing font in the end zone at RFK Stadium. And I stood there for a moment and just respected what had been to me such an important organization because I associated them with championships. That's all I knew. Then I went out and I disrespected them uh, on the field for the next three hours. But, <laughs> but I also understand that for many of our neighbors, that word is like being stabbed in the ear with an ice pick. It truly has an ugly history. And so I think the change was the right thing to do. And we certainly look forward to what we hope will be an NFL season, a college football season. So let's dive in to, to discuss with you. Uh, BYU and Alabama uh, reportedly could be a week one game. Uh, we discussed in the opening segment what's trending, the benefits of that for BYU. What do you think BYU has to gain in a potential matchup with Alabama? Oh, uh, They have a chance to get instant credibility. I mean, it's phenomenal. Alabama is a national championship contender in this season and even if it weren't for COVID and all the changes in the system Bama would be right there at the end competing for it all and so this is an opportunity for BYU to really measure themselves against the best of the best and I think getting them in the opener should it happen is also good for BYU because they're returning a starting quarterback in Zach Wilson they're returning a lot of continuity Alabama has continuity of organization and system, but they'll have a new starting quarterback. They lost a couple of wide receivers to the NFL, although they bring a couple of them back, Jalen Waddell and Don, uh, Devontae Smith and others that are phenomenal. But BYU has a chance to come in cohesive and ready to give it their best shot. And I think that this is a tremendous opportunity for the Cougars to demonstrate to the college football world what they can do. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're still on that hypothetical area of BYU and Alabama actually playing because everything is fluid. But if that game happens, which side has more to gain, BYU or Alabama? BYU tremendously has more to gain. If they play well then and, and don't win, it still puts them on the map and it still will make recruits look at them and say, wow, BYU's really on the rise. If they win the game, which is not out of the question. I mean, Alabama clearly has been stacking up five-star and four-star recruits for many years. I mean, in every way, they'll have the advantage from that standpoint. But if BYU is able to win it, then all of a sudden people are talking about the Cougars in a different way. And keep in mind that a couple of years ago when they went to Wisconsin, that was a top-10 team. Most people didn't give BYU a chance to win it, but they did. They hit Wisconsin in the mouth, and they beat them at their own game, which is to say BYU was more physical than Wisconsin. They went out and beat Tennessee, and they were more physical than Tennessee, especially as the game went on and they got into uh, overtime. And then a few years before that, they went out to Jerry World in Dallas, and they beat the mighty Oklahoma Sooners at their own game. Those clean-cut, church-going married return missionaries and their teammates hit the Sooners in the mouth and beat them in a physical football game. Now, I'm not saying they're going to 
do that to Alabama. But what I'm saying is that BYU has faced top 10 opponents in these kinds of games in the past, and they have shown very well. And this is a great opportunity for Zach Wilson and company to come in and execute. But that's what they'll have to do. To have a chance to show well, they will need to be the team that executes better. And when you face a team like this, very often as an individual player, you can freak out if you're not used to it. But what you need to understand is that you need to trust your technique, trust the play, and take your sets correctly as an offensive lineman, put your hands in the right place as a defensive lineman, have your leverage correct, run the right routes, don't try to do anything extra. Do what you've been coached to do, and that gives you a chance. I'm at this point with college football, Trevor, uh, especially based on Major League Baseball and what's happened the last couple of days with multiple games postponed, the Marlins having a rash of positive tests of COVID-19. To me, it feels like there are going to be weeks that just straight up get canceled because BYU or its opponent has too many positive tests and we just don't play. I feel like if we get four to six games in, that's probably going to be something is better than nothing. How do you feel about where we're headed in terms of how many games one will be scheduled at all and then two, how many will actually play? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the season will go in, in fits and starts because of that. And we've seen that in the first weekend of Major League Baseball, for goodness sake. I mean, the, the Florida Marlins went up and played their series in Philadelphia, and all of a sudden, 13 players and coaches ended up testing positive, and they couldn't even go home. They had to quarantine in Pennsylvania. And then the Yankees uh, had to postpone a game. The Phillies had to postpone a game. There's this, all this big fallout among teams that were planning to play next. And that's in the opening week of, of baseball, for goodness sake. And so I expect the same kind of thing to happen to football. And I think it's important for conferences and administrators to think outside the box. I mean, this game against Alabama may happen. It may not. But the only reason it's a discussion is because the Pac-12 went to a conference-only schedule and Alabama was scheduled to play USC in this opener. So Alabama was looking for somebody else. The thing about the SEC is that they may go, we don't know this yet, but they may go to a conference plus one schedule. The reason for that is that so many SEC teams have their big rival at the end of the season as a non-conference schedule. I mean, South Carolina plays Clemson. Georgia plays Georgia Tech, right? So there's, there's a whole lot of non-conference going on, and Alabama doesn't have that, so this might be their plus one. Well, if a team needs to schedule somebody at the last minute because of COVID, because an opponent has to drop out, then other teams, I think, will be ready to jump in. It'll wreak havoc with game planning. But I think that you'll see games occur that are not currently on the schedule as long as people can think outside the box. Trevor, an Alabama radio personality, his name is Stephen M. Smith, was talking about BYU football yesterday and the potential of Alabama taking on the Cougars to open the season. He compared BYU to a filet of fish at McDonald's uh, rather than the premium chicken that would be USC if you were to seek that meal at McDonald's. <laughs> now, uh, it's, that's up for debate, McDonald's in general. But what do you think of BYU being compared to a filet of fish? Don't you love filet of fish? Filet <laughs> of fish is awesome. You just want another burger? Is that all you want, really? I want some hot yeah. chicken in Nashville. Yeah, well, you know, it's really funny that that the the local radio folks in Alabama are, are desperate enough to talk trash to BYU. They're desperate, meaning not not desperate for a win, but desperate for something sports to talk about instead of talking about whether or not there will be sports. I actually kind of like it. I think it's fun. 
it would be easy to see that as an insult, but I don't at all. I think that's, that's a guy having fun, talking trash, and everybody will have a chance to prove it when they get to the field. That's one thing that I think that, that sports people are good at, and that's good-naturedly talking trash about an upcoming opponent and have it not be personal, and I'm fine with it. That's fine. Yeah, what's but the Steven- here's the thing. If, if, well, if Alabama, or excuse me, if BYU wins this game, though, or if BYU plays well, in other words, if they don't play like filet of fish if they play like a premium chicken sandwich, then I expect BYU fans to inundate that radio station with filet of fish sandwiches for that guy to enjoy. <laughs> Maybe eat 100 of them on camera. Not Stephen A. Smith. Stephen M. Smith. <laughs> M. Smith. Yeah. Uh, Fred Warner named number 70 in the NFL's top 100. Uh, pretty awesome for Fred, who a lot of people think uh, is underrated. Um, this guy was a middle uh, linebacker in the NFL. He was an outside here. He's made a name for himself. What do you think of number 70 for the spot of Fred Warner? You know, he represents BYU so well. You know, on the field, I figured that he would do really well because he's got the physical abilities. I mean, he's got the ability to slither through gaps and and beat blocks when it seems like he's blocked, but all of a sudden he goes by it. But more than anything else, he's really smart. He is a step faster than most people, not because he runs faster, but because he anticipates better. He understands what's happening more quickly than other people will. So his diagnostic is really fast. And because of that, he gets there fast and he's disruptive. A smart football player like that is always going to look good. And I'll tell you what, it's really good for BYU to see their guys and their guys do well in the NFL for the right reasons. And I'll tell you, Fred Warner, this is what he did when he played in Provo. And I, I love to watch him play. It would have been nice to have seen him get that Super Bowl championship, but Andy Reid, Andy Reid needed it. Fred will have his chances. There was this really fun moment at a basketball game this year. Well, fun for Daniel Sorensen, not as fun for Fred. But Fred, uh, it, it was Gonzaga game, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Fred Warner was there, and and they he stood up and and waved to the crowd, and then they showed Daniel Sorensen, and he stood up, and it was like Super Bowl champion. It was like, oh, he won, but he didn't. Oh, shoot! But BYU fans love them both. But that was a fun moment. I know, isn't it great? It's great. That's part of the fun of the trash talk. And I'm sure Sorensen will have a few things to say to Fred next time he sees him. That's fun. <laughs> uh, Trevor, your Washington football team is going to get a good look at Fred Warner on December 13th when the 49ers take on Washington. Uh, Taysom Hill and the Saints not on Washington's schedule this year, but Taysom Hill nonetheless is uh, what feels like an everyday NFL topic just because he is so unique. That said, he was ranked the 15th best Saint, and he was given a 64 rating on Madden football. What do you think of Taysom Hill getting those low ratings from uh, the number one selling video game franchise and being placed as the 15th best Saint? I'm, I'm, listen, I, I thought you were going to say the high ratings. I thought that was actually pretty cool. He hasn't had much of a chance to show what he can do as a starting quarterback there, but all the other things that he does, covering kicks on special teams, going in on short yardage and goal line and making plays, all those things are unique. He can do so many things extremely well. He's a a game-planning nightmare for opponents. It's one of the reasons they use him like they do. The thing that stands out to me about Taysom Hill is that his childlike joy for the game comes out in the way he plays and the way he acts when he's not playing. I mean, that's one of the reasons why when he's in the game and makes up a play, the camera will go right to his face because it's not just, okay, I'm happy I did that. It is so purely and genuinely joyful 
And I, I love that about his game. I, I think he's going to have a chance to be a starting quarterback at some point as well, and I think he'll do well. But in the meantime, what he's doing now is calling great attention to his football character. And again, he's reflecting good on the Cougars because it's not, it's not just a good guy. That guy's an outstanding football player, not just quarterback, football player. Trevor, next time you're in Provo, I just want you to know a filet of fish meal is on me. Or a premium chicken sandwich, whatever you choose. You know what? Give me the filet of fish. That is now my favorite <laughs> meal. You got it, man. Great to talk to you. Always great insight. We appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Trevor lives in Nashville, home of some of the best food in the country. You know, so the tongue-in-cheek was uh, deep there. Deep coming up, it's Fred Warner at number 70 in the NFL top 100. The right spot should it be higher or lower? It's hard to beat a fillet of fish meal for 4 dollars Jerem. That's quite the special, right? I can uh, beat that to a bloody pulp. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Plus, the best to ever wear numbers 63 and 64 up next on BYU Sports Nation. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, right now, the wheels on the bike go round and round. All the way to BYU football practice, which coaches are most excited to be back. And BYU Hoops' biggest hype man is getting some hype of his own. Check it out on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform. Bicycle! Bicycle. Great song, man. <laughs> he is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football completes day one of practice yesterday among the practice criteria. Meetings, walkthrough, conditioning, lifting for 20 hours a week total. Cougars were granted a waiver by the NCAA to hold workouts and meetings in spite of no officially announced week one game, although it sounds like it could be Alabama, right, after reports uh, last week and uh, no reports otherwise. Still waiting on official word, but BYU expects to begin what could be formal fall camp next week. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU linebacker and now San Francisco 49ers star Fred Warner lands at number 70 in the NFL's top 100 players of 2020. The top 100 compiled and voted on by NFL players themselves. To this point, Warner is the only 49ers player revealed, but he won't be the last. He might be one of the most interviewed guests all time in BYU Sports Nation history. Fred yeah, Warner. Yeah, he was on a lot. I believe the Kyle Van Noy would be on this list. He should be on the top 100. In the 50s or 60s. If he's right? not, I'll be a little surprised. That's the only other Cougar I expect to be on the list. Athletics News. The NCAA grants waivers to non-football sports to reduce the amount of fall games required to participate in NCAA championships by half. For BYU, this affects men and women's cross country, women's soccer, and women's volleyball. We are still waiting on adjusted schedules officially for those teams as well. All right, headlines out. The best to wear it in. We're counting up to 99. One or two numbers each show and determining... Who were the best athletes to wear each number at Brigham Young University? Today we roll out a double play with 63 and 64. Calvin Close, an offensive lineman, is the best to wear 63. He played in the 70s and early 80s. AP honorable mention in 1980. On that offensive line, 80 was the greatest passing season in NCAA history with Jim McMahon eclipsing 4,000 for the first time ever. Anyone did that. Two-time first-team all-whack. Played in the NFL for the Saints and Colts. Calvin Close. That headshot's awesome. That flow was legit. Kind of close to Calvin Klein. At number 64, Mohamed Elawanibi. Yeah, Mo well, Elawanibi. Very unique story. So he's born in Nigeria, 
He lives there until he's 11. He goes to Canada. He doesn't play high school football. He ends up coming to BYU after a successful uh, couple years at Snow, and he's the best lineman in the country on the Ooh. offensive line. He won the Outland, which is for interior linemen, offensive and defensive, right? Um, he played in the NFL for a couple years for the Washington football team. Yeah, I, I'm just calling it that because it's... That's what it is now. It is now, yeah. Uh, won the Super Bowl in 1990, played in the CFL for several years, 97-05, and was a CFL All-Star in 98. Mo Elowanibi with Jason Buck ran out the flag last year to game, and they were on countdown to kickoff, which was super fun. The two Outland Trophy winners together. Right, and just the idea of a Mohammed playing for BYU, I right. thought was really cool. Very cool. That was great. Yeah, the relationship he has with Ty Detmer is really fun, too. And you think about the offensive linemen that they had. There's a reason that BYU was able to pass the ball so effectively. They had good offensive lines. If BYU had bad offensive lines, it ain't happening. Jeremy, you may have noticed that uh, a guy that was not mentioned that wore one of these two numbers, Andy Reid, is our honorable mention from 1978 to 1980, uh, played for BYU football. I mean, he's he's a Super Bowl champion head coach. And this isn't primarily... Two, two times, by the way, he was an assistant with the Packers. Correct. Well. This isn't based on what they've done in the professional career, per se, but what they did well, at BYU. Andy Reid's a great example of what we all want to do. Don't peak in college. Because Andy was just an okay, he was just an okay player at BYU, but he ends up being this amazing coach. Obviously, his stints uh, in the NFL with a bunch of teams, Packers, and then head coach with the Eagles. He has success with the Eagles to the point where he is unattainable as the head coach at BYU because that was a thought that Andy Reid was going to replace Lavelle Edwards, and BYU had prepared a package to offer him, but he had already gone to an NFC Championship game, and he was too big of a deal. I have a dream, So I think that Andy just really sold out, and I don't think it's worked out (laughs) for him. It totally worked out. I have a dream. Andy and Tammy, his wife, at some point in the future, they come back to Provo as consultants for BYU football when he's done coaching. But it's just a consultant they can for BYU football. They sure, yeah. yeah. But he's involved somehow with BYU football, giving advice and knowledge when Here, he's done. Here's a towel. It's full of, uh, you know, Andy Reid hope. And every <laughs> BYU fan squeezes that thing, hoping they can get some semblance of Andy a consultant. involved. He's like, he still could be in the head coach. He's way too good. He just won a Super Bowl. BYU can't match that when he, money. When he's done. When, when he's done coaching, he, he consults. Yeah, it was it was uh, an interesting Super Bowl because we were like, shoot, a BYU player's going to win it, but kind of want Andy Reid. A coach and a player? To get the Super Bowl. And it was the Niners, so I was like, yeah, I don't want them to win either. So that was a natural I was going to say, so are you rooting for the 49ers and Fred I, Warner this next year, Jerem? Heck no. Heck no. Fred, you see where his loyalty is, dude. Fred, I love oh. you. But I don't like the Niners. We know this. We've talked about it. You're probably not watching. It's okay. Coming up, the top five BYU football season opener. Wasn't Fred involved in one of those? Hmm. Plus. Trying to it, think which one you're talking about. Is Yoli Childs a top 60 NBA draft prospect? Too high, too low, or just right is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand. You can download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast, and subscribe, rate, write, and review. That's what Jason added yesterday. Right. Basically, write in the review. Oh, gotcha. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, no, I'm fine. But it was like, eh, more like type. 
Someone's like writing a letter saying, "This is a great podcast." Jason's such a maverick, just throwing in words where I, l- he wants to. I love Shep <laughs> by himself calling the games last night. You know, on BYU, that's solid. It's it's like him and Bowler Jack calling games in Utah. Think about that. Pretty cool. Not yeah. many people are doing it. Yeah. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation and Studio B. We do so with the following question: Are the following metrics and scenarios? Too high, too low, or just right. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jeremy, I'm up first at number one. Too high, too low, or just right. BYU football will play at least nine games this fall. Too high. I feel like it's going to be four to six because some team's going to be like, oh, we, we're the Marlins. We have coronavirus. We can't play. We have to isolate. I just think it's going to get weird. And that's kind of the workaholics mindset, right? It depends on when it starts. If the season starts on time and it's done on September 5th, then I feel like there's a much better chance that BYU and other college football teams would play at least nine games because they can play them. I've seen proposed plans through almost up to Christmas if there are no bowl games. So there's just more time to try and fit them in, and you can have a couple of two-week breaks and things like that. So... I don't know. I, again, if it's on time, yeah, I think it's just right. If the season starts mid to late September, nine games not happening. I want to hear someone say these words. Is it is one positive test means for a shutdown of a game or not? And who is, is, it, is what re- is it? Four, nine, what, and what will it? all these programs reveal it? Like, what if they do have a positive COVID test, but they're just like, no, you're out. Like, we're going to keep playing, but you're out. We believe in revelation. Let's go. Too high, too low, or just right? Zach Wilson, a top 20 returning quarterback in college football. We're talking healthy Zach Wilson. Cam Miller of SB Nation told Ben Criddle yesterday that he was a top 20 quarterback in college football. I say a healthy Zach Wilson is a top 30 quarterback in college football. Not coming off shoulder surgery. Uh, having, a, having a full offseason to prepare with no significant injury hiccups. I think Zach Wilson is a top 30 is quarterback. Or can be. Is. Okay. As a healthy player, which I think he is right now. Top 20 is, whoo, that is a hot take. Uh, but I think Zach Wilson is in the top fourth of college football of returning quarterbacks when he's healthy. The numbers say otherwise, but I believe that he can be. So I don't think he is at the moment, but I think he needs to prove himself. Uh, 11 TDs, 9 picks. I know a lot of those picks weren't his fault, according to Cam, and that's fine. But it's still on your uh, stat line. Well, and Zach played some really good defenses, too. Right. Ask Tanner Mangum how the beginning of 2018 went. Like, that was what he had to do, and then Zach had to play the hard part. Yes, I believe Zach can be a fantastic quarterback. We've seen amazing things at the end of Tennessee and over time. And the final drive. USC. USC was his peak game. It was better than Western Michigan because of the opponent. He can be really good. Top 20 feels like a stretch at this point. He was awesome against Utah as a freshman in Salt Lake City. First three quarters were awesome for BYU. I wish it would have uh, finished in the fourth. Okay. On to the next. Jerem, too high, too low, or just right. Fred Warner, the 70th best player in the NFL. That, according to the players. It feels just right. It feels like 70s where he fits. A lot of people say, hey, he's underrated. He's underrated. So the fact that he gets into the top 100, I think is pretty cool. For a guy who did not play that specific position of been a linebacker at BYU, he played outside. Based on what Fred has done, this feels just right. The players are noticing. The video game developers are noticing. And he's making plays in the Super Bowl. This is just right. Fred Warner is a top 75 player in the NFL. 
And too high, too low, or just right? Last one, Yoli Child's a top 70 NBA prospect. I think that's fair. Yoli Child's, while he is older and maybe not on as many radars and doesn't fit the prototypical NBA age and scenario, right now, I think Yoli Child's is one of the 70th, uh, 70 best NBA draft prospects on the board. Now, on most boards, he is not in the top 100. Uh, he is on some inside the top 100. His this maturity is, and, and situation, I think, helps him a lot. Yeah, they're taking that into account with everybody, right? But NBA GMs are the one who put him in the top 70. So they have the say the most. So, yeah, it's probably just right. I'm hoping he climbs into the top 50 because I want Yoli to get drafted. I think right now he probably wouldn't be drafted. But maybe the NBA Combine, if they hold it. He can show what he can do. I hope his handle specifically is the big thing he needs to prove. I think his jump shot from three, he had low volume but high numbers. I want to see him shoot more threes. I want to see him off the dribble, that kind of thing. I hope they hold some type of combine so that Yoli Childs can show that he is a man among boys. He gets a real good opportunity. Well, if he's 22 and he's playing the 19-year-olds, let's go. (laughs) Coming up, BYU's fast food equivalent. Plus, Top 5 Tuesday presents the top five season opening games all time for BYU football. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. All right. Show me the latest version of Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Of course, over the past few days, millions of Americans have watched and witnessed actual live sporting events on TV. Yeah, baby. Major League Baseball's opening weekend brought us some really exciting moments and, yikes, some real consequences. But only positive vibes here, Jerem. So to celebrate games. Positive vibes, nice. (laughs) And opening weekends, we give you our top five BYU football opening games all time. Number five, 2001 versus Tulane. BYU that year led the nation in yards and points per game. They were awesome. Doak Walker Award winner Luke Staley got that campaign started with an incredible day. BYU puts up 70 points. That's a season-opening record to this day. 49 in the first half. 734 yards in all. Three 100-yard rushers. Brandon Dome and the Dominator. The aforementioned Staley. And Brian McDonald. That was a fun, fun day. The schedule was too easy. (laughs) Yes, it was. That's why BYU went 12 in a row. Number four. I attended this game and have very fond memories of it. 99 season opener against Washington. BYU jumped to an early 20-7 lead. But the Huskies climbed back to take a one-point lead with five minutes left in the game. That's when magic happened for BYU. In the middle left, Kevin Federick scrambling left. Throw it up to 5-9, Chris Hale. 38-yard touchdown pass. Federick ended the game with 501 yards through the air. Three touchdowns. Freshman Luke Staley, remember him? Scored twice on the ground. 1996, number three against Texas A&M. This begins a 14-1 season. Chad Lewis got BYU on the board with the TD catch. Then Texas A&M rattled off 20 straight points. Late in the fourth quarter, Texas A&M hits a 52-yard field goal to go up three with 127 left to go. And BYU on the final drive. Steve Sarkeesian completes two quick strikes to get the Cougars at the 46. On the next play, Sark 
to KOKLOA right there for the game winner as BYU throws for 536 yards in the game. Six touchdowns for Sark and goes 14-1 that season. Second best season opening game for BYU in 2015. Fred Warner was there. The Mangum Miracle. Taysom Hill started the game, was on his way to a classic Taysom performance. Passing touchdowns, a couple of rushing touchdowns, but then broke his foot. Liz Frank, then freshman Tanner Mangum. Fresh off his mission, steps in. Fast forward to one second left on the clock, down by one. You know what happens here. Mangum, plenty of time. Let's it go into the wind, down to the goal line, and caught! Mitch Matthews, Hail Mary, they beat Nebraska. Hug a ref. And the number one opening game for BYU, 2009 in Dallas, in a showdown between third-ranked Oklahoma and 20th-ranked BYU for the first-ever game in the new Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Both offenses struggled in this game to put points on the board, especially after the 08 Heisman winner Sam Bradford left the game with a sprained shoulder. Insert Colby Clausen's name into the history books. 11.41 to go. Oklahoma six-point lead. This fourth-down conversion from Dennis Dustin Pitta. And McKay Jacobson catches the game-winning pass where during the summer he had called Max Hall and said, I'm open in the end zone. So great. I think we left off one. What? 84 pit. Season opener. I, I, th- I think that should have been on there. That's okay. Because they finished with three wins, maybe? I didn't, I didn't speak up soon enough. It probably should have been on there. Well, it, it fueled, <laughs> it's the beginning of an uh, undefeated season. And, yes, they stunk, but they were number three. Our question of the day. What is your fast food equivalent for BYU football, this based on an Alabama personality saying that BYU is a fillet of fish compared to USC's solid chicken sandwich. So much product placement on that. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort on Instagram at Jackalaka34 says Golden Corral. <laughs> when you haven't been there for a long time, you're super excited for it, but you always end up feeling a little sick about halfway through, yet inexplicably keep eating through the pain. Is Chuck Aramis still a uh, radio sponsor? Let's throw them in there. Okay, you want to know what my fast food equivalent is? What is it? The waffle fry at Chick-fil-A. One, they're closed on Sundays, okay. and people have very differing feelings about the waffle fries. Yeah. Today's rise and shout-out. Jerem, take it away. It goes to former BYU wrestling coach Fred Davis, who passed away Friday. He coached the Cougars for 20 years, 18 All-Americans, NCAA Coach of the Year in 1973. He was 86. That does it for BYU Sports Nation today. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dustin Pitta, who caught that fourth-down conversion against Oklahoma. No time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Another shout-out to Will Snowden. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.